what's being laid down. So it's then I'll have mine on because yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to. I hated down. it the other day when we didn't have our uh, headphones on. I'll. Uh, I'll. Um, I won't. Um, I won't keep looking at the the monitor. In that case, I bet, you, I bet you do. I know it upset you last week. Well, I, I was. I'm not going to do any research, James. Uh, James. So what, you're just looking at your phone now for what? No, I'm looking for something. Oh, okay. Oh, I can't be bothered. I was going to start with a rendition. I was listening to uh, a group you like on the way, and I was listening to uh, The Lonely Planet. Oh, I like them. I swear a lot. The Lonely Island. Lonely Island. Sorry. Lonely Planet is a different thing. Yeah, it's a series of travel guides. Yeah. Um, Do you like them? Which album is it? I've only got one album. It's the second one, the one with uh, Jizz in My Pants on it. Incredibad. Incredibad, that's it. I like it. Because I watched the episode of Comedy Bang Bang that they were on, the Christmas episode, last night you should there's a particular i think it's one of the classics it was definitely in the christmas uh podcast Mm -hmm. where they broke down the best moments of the year or something uh there's uh, an episode of it where you listen to the comedy bang bang podcast i've just started listening to the podcast yes there's um a a a jingle on it where which I think he tends to do when Andy Samberg's on, but he uses it sometimes. It's called mm-hmm. Hollywood Facts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it's for. It isn't for a section called Hollywood Facts. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure why. And it, it kind of goes, uh, "Well, it's Hollywood Facts and doodly do going down to Inglewood now." And, and there's this long thing. <laughs> and um, I think it was Andy Samberg, and I'm not sure who the female guest was. I want to say Lauren Lapkus because she's on mm-hmm. it quite a lot, but I don't know. And the two of them and Scott Orkman decided that they were going to try and do a rendition of the song. But sure. they kept fucking up. Brilliant. And every time, even if they fucked up towards the end, mm. they didn't, like, one of them would insist, no, we have to go back to the beginning. So they yeah. just, And it's like, you know, when you're listening to something and you just kind of want it to stop, not because it isn't funny anymore, but, mm. but because you're actually worried you're about to go mad. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it was like that. Mm. Very good. I've kind of spoiled it now, though. They are funny, though. I do like the Comedy Bang Bang podcast, um, and uh, I feel that it's our duty as one of the more popular and established podcasts uh, out there that we support uh, the uh, the lesser known. Because, I mean, it's a hard sell. Mm. It's like he sometimes has fairly well-known guests on there, but it's a mostly improvised podcast. It'd be nice to see them make it, wouldn't it? So yeah, I think any, bo- any boost we can give them is a, a positive. Definitely a boon, yeah. a boon and a boost. Oh, Jim Diamond died, didn't he? I don't know who that is. He sung uh, "Hi Ho Silver," which was the uh, theme to the popular '80s detective drama "Boon." Oh, I remember that. Mm. I, uh, I, 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 I had it on the seven-inch single. I bought it. It's good. It was roughly that era when we would have been first buying singles. That's it. Yeah, you got me Lone Ranger. And uh, and uh, and nearly always, I'm guessing, was it your first single? Do you know, he's one of the first. I think um, the first might have been um, uh, the song about the uh, the lion sleeps tonight, Wimbleway, Wimbleway. Oh, no, that's sort of a proper song. It was mm. used in Lion King or something later yeah, on. Probably, yeah. But, um, but it's kind of a, a proper song. David I, Attenborough documentary, probably, or something. Mine was, uh, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, mine was Neil's Hole in My Shoe. Neil that's from The good. Young Ones. No, that's a good one. So I think, like, as much as we might like to present ourselves as mm. quite thoughtful uh, listeners of and fans of music, my first singles were all novelty records. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Star Trekking. Yeah. Across the universe. Yeah, go, well, Ghostbusters and, and Axe Left were two very oft-played singles, but they were kind of novelties, really. No, they were, like yeah, that. they were kind of songs. But I kind was of more songs. an album man right from the beginning, though, I remember. An album man. Album man right from the beginning. Like Shwaddy Waddy. Being now. One of my first albums I remember buying, and uh, a really cool Play School album. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about my Disney album yesterday. I was singing Zippity Doo Dah to uh, Noah. Slightly concerned it might be racist now, that song. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, the Zippities don't like it. The, um, you shouldn't call them that anyway. We started, uh, we watched The Jungle Book the other day, actually, and. That's uh, definitely racist, isn't I it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Probably. But I, I had a moment where, um, I had a moment when the. 
uh, vultures turn up. Are they racist? No. Well, Not like the crows in Dumbo. No, that's it. The vultures turn up and they are all, uh, they're all scousers. I think they're, oh, they're, they're, the they're, they're modelled on they're the, the Beatles. Beatles. Of course. Um, and, uh, but they basically fulfil the exact same role as the crows in in in, mm. in Dumbo, and so uh, that was a a, 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 a d- nervous, racially insensitive laugh, or a racial. Uh, you know, the I had a, a moment of political correctness, nervous laughter there, where I thought it's naughty talking about the crows in Dumbo. Well, that's political correctness gone. Slightly neurotic. Yeah, I had. Um, but so when the when the vultures first turned up, I had that moment where I kind of clenched up because mm. I I had a moment where I couldn't remember quite which one it was, and I thought they were going to be the really racist crows. Uh, I have seen. I once did a Google search uh, for are the crows racist in Dumbo because I I couldn't remember and I wasn't sure, and mm. people seemed to be talking about it, and found loads of explanations of how they can't possibly be racist because they are like they positive and they help Dumbo and all of that stuff. So how can they be racist? It, all of the traits, uh, all of the Negro traits they have are positive. That's like, yeah, that sounds seems legit. That did, sounds did about they right. They use the word Negro in there because. I think if you're using that word to describe some traits, I think you might actually be a racist. I can't remember. That might have been me. I have to... Nick, you might actually be a racist. You might want to go and check on that. I have to um, apologise to the listener now, not for that, but for the fact that I don't have a fuzzy bit on my microphone this week. <laughs> so James is, James is feeling a bit wet in the mouth, so you might hear some of that. And um, and I am not feeling that wet in the mouth, but you will hear literally everything from my side of the room. Brilliant. Uh, any gasping? You're going to hear. You can hear this a lot from me, which I haven't. I haven't been guilty of for some time. No, you've got your lanyard. I've got my lanyard on again. Do you? I, before we get on to the mm. lanyard, uh, because mentioning the Google or the or the Yahoo Answers or whatever it was mm-hmm. thing about the Dumbo. I ended up, I get emails from a, a site called Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. Okay. And I think that's because I might have signed up to it at some point when it started. It was basically right. supposed to be like a, a place to go and ask intelligent questions and get intelligent responses mm. back, sort of like a, 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 a slightly more probably more progressive or leftist or something version of something like Yahoo Answers, which is awful. Yahoo Answers yeah. is awful. And and so – and then I never went back to it. And I was looking at mm. some of the uh, – I, I was on the toilet, so I was looking at the email. Um, and, and it's a really weird experience going through Quora because it's almost all – nearly all of the questions I saw were things like – and I don't even really know how to explain it. People asking questions where they were either asking questions which was just a thinly veiled excuse to talk about something difficult that they were dealing with. Right. So, like, rather than in Facebook where someone mm. just says, oh, God, some people really need to get over themselves or something deliberately mm. vague that then you that then you have to go, are you okay, hun? Mm. What these people were instead doing were coming up with these several paragraph long questions which were really thinly veiled. So, for example, um, someone um, went into a, like a, a thesis about quicklime when they're trying to get over the impulse murder of a loved one. Yes, something yeah. exactly like that. But all, almost all emotional stuff or, or stuff about questioning their status or whatever mm-hmm. – so there were all either questions like that or the opposite end of the same scale, people coming up with questions or answers that kind of self-aggrandized themselves mm. without really just coming out and doing it. So, like, there was a whole thing about IQs. Um, what, what would you do if you weren't a uh, – one question was – if you're not if you're not a, an, a, an innately intelligent person, they come mm. up with this this false measure, this largely mm. false measure. If you're not an innately intelligent person, how how do you get over that? Mm. But then the actual question was this long thing about how they just they just sailed through everything until they got to university because they were fucking awesome, and I didn't have to study or anything. And then suddenly they're actually having to work on stuff for a week. That's or a something. little. That's a little bit like the uh, the old Viagra adverts with Pele, 
where he's going, you should take Viagra, I'm all right, I've got a good hard dick. Mm. But if you don't, you should take Viagra. Yeah. And now he's quite old, he probably has a, a floppy penis sometimes. I know I do, because I take a lot of antidepressants. Wouldn't you just look for... Um wouldn't you just be looking for the excuse to stop having sex by the time you're as old as Pele probably is? I don't know. Um, it's hard to say because I've never been that age before. At the moment, I feel like someone who's been in Game of Thrones for too long. <laughs> no one gets to be in Game of Thrones for too long. And keep their genitals. Um, oh, you're watching it, aren't you? So you're. I can't put it down now. I'm absolutely yeah. obsessed. Um you mentioned antidepressants and that immediately made me think after talking about uh, after sort of being a little bit dismissive or reductive about the people on Quora mm. who are using the internet as a sort of a, a roundabout way of just talking about their own stuff in a really narcissistic way and then mm. I thought we've got two podcasts yeah so I can't really talk I, I think yeah we're, we're a bit like um uh, I always think about Kenneth Williams masturbating in front of the mirror. I think we're a bit like Kenneth Williams masturbating in front of the mirror. I am. Yeah. Well, I'm more like Larry Grayson masturbating in front of the camera. In front of the camera? In front <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have... I can't... You... Yep. I was... Uh-huh. We were talking about no. penises. What were we talking about? You were talking about Quora and how... Um, We've got two podcasts. How those people make you feel inadequate. Weird. No, no, they don't make me feel inadequate. Okay. Then you were talking about Larry Grayson. Kenneth oh, Williams. Uh, so you're de- you've been depressed. Yeah. I'm, but you're not anymore. No, I'm, so it's I'm okay. all right. Do you, know, do you know what did it as well? I just thought one day, <clears throat> I know what, I'll just try and cheer up. I feel like I'm going to end up talking a lot about other podcasts, but one of the mm. things that um, that I did, you've made me think of just there, is I was just listening this morning to uh, the WTF episode where he talks to Patrick Stewart. Mm. And I knew that Patrick Stewart had, had been uh, campaigning on the behalf of victims of domestic abuse. Sure. For a really long time, mm-hmm. really publicly. But one of the things he was talking about on that show was he was talking about his father a lot. Okay. And... Um, Apparently he was on the show Who Do You Think You Are, which isn't a, par- isn't a show where people do Spice Girls cover versions. I don't care for the show. I think it's a bit weird, but he did one that was apparently very good. And uh, in it, he found out that his father... Uh, he was talking about his father at home, and mm. they, they, were, they were talking about his father mm-hmm. at war because his father was in, I think, the Second World War, mm. and they'd found out loads of stuff about him. And uh, this expert told him... Uh, that what you're what you're describing are like textbook symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder. Mm. So after all of these like decades mm-hmm. of dealing with his father and dealing with a childhood of uh, of um, uh, being in a house with a domestic with domestic abuse in mm-hmm. it, and having s- talked about it for such a long time as well, he was like, well, it doesn't it it doesn't it didn't make him stop thinking about how awful the domestic abuse was and it doesn't forgive all of it but yeah. suddenly he realized and now he's also joined a charity um uh, that supports people who've got post traumatic stress disorder and stuff like that or mm-hmm. shell shock as it would have been called then and it was just really interesting hearing him talk about it because it's like after after all those years of probably hating his father mm-hmm. suddenly he had this moment of empathy that like I had, um, I don't know if I've spoken about it at great length, but I had a very difficult relationship with my mum for many, many years, and I had a similar moment when I was going through counselling, mm. where all of a sudden I started to see the world from her perspective, and now I've got... It's, it's so weird. It's so... Not like phoning each other every day, but it's so loving now, that in a way that I don't think I've felt since I was like 11 or 12. It, mm. It's really, really incredible. But that was all about, I was kind of blocking her a little bit because I didn't understand what drove her when I, I was younger, you know. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, when you find out these things about about people and understand them. Because for me, it was more about um, mum having to give my um, half-sister up for adoption, mm-hmm. which I think I've spoken to briefly, but just yeah, un- un- understanding how, like, the feelings she would have carried on. So I was a difficult teenager... And she must have constantly be comparing me with the child she had to give away. And she's got this horrible 
horrible teenage son who who's you know dad wasn't very nice to her mm-hmm. i wasn't very nice to her so she must have felt like you know fuck me i gave the wrong one away <laughs> you and know that, what i mean though so that's what your what your counseling made you realize was i, I that, appreciate her more now all right okay so what we what you're not saying mm. is that your counselor made you realise that you were the less good potential child out of two children. No, no. Okay, good. Although she did look like she was better than me. The counselor. Oh no, the half sister. Yeah, she almost certainly would have been. <sighs> I feel like there's a whole uh, a whole episode of discussion to be. Her and her husband looked like they were good people. Um. They were good people. Well, she's dead now, isn't she? Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, don't remember. How many times have I told you this? At, at most once. Yeah. And I don't remember. It's traumatic. I never met her. It's very upsetting. Well, I mean, it's traumatic for you, but I'm practically a sociopath. It's just yeah. stories about other people to I've me. I've definitely told you this more than once. You don't listen, do you, Nick? Nick, your problem is... <laughs> I specifically remember the conversations where you break down. Everything else yeah. is just lost to the ether because those are the situations where I'm like, fucking hell, I'm going to have to deal with James yeah. in a state. Oh, I thought you meant like break it down like I'm rapping. Like, well, I'm sitting here well. talking to Nick and I'm rapping about how I've been feeling sick. There were two. That was amazing, by the way. You made me think of another thing. There were two uh, days, important days in the last week. Um, uh, well, not that important. Neither of them was really that important. But there was um, the uh, mental health awareness. Yeah day mm. which is quite important i we didn't really do anything here on the pod to do with the podcast we didn't do a podcast last week at all no, no. i think that was us uh, uh that was solidarity well i've gone back to work and I, yeah. frankly last week i couldn't cope with anything other than doing the work coming home and calming down a bit mm. I'm, i feel fine second second week at work still doing short days but feeling really good really positive good mm. and that you've gone from an open plan office to a uh, for the time being, just a, an office with just two people, just that me sounds, and one other. Sounds it's, amazing. It's idyllic. It's very nice. Um, really fundamentally different atmosphere from the one that I was used to working in. It's very, very relaxed. People are very busy. They've got yeah. a lot to do, but they're very nice. They're very relaxed, and it's not the same sort of um, um, sort of air of constant sort of disapproval that I think I I felt in my last environment that I was working in. It's gone from a weird sort of uh, emotionally political chaotic mm. environment to because there's a there's a sort of a, a, a an, uh, an almost artificial busyness mm-hmm. and chaos that comes just just from dealing with certain sorts of personalities. Yeah, there I mean, isn't anything to do with actually mm, being busy. Yeah, which I like I like being busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't like dealing with diff- weird people. Mm. So, I mean, that's not true. I like dealing with weird people. But I don't I, like dealing with horrible people. I um, I, I was r- talking to some old colleagues um, today that I bumped into. Previous colleagues? Yeah, they're, uh, yeah and they're not old. Uh, they're colleagues that used to be, I used to work with more closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were remarking that it, it's incredible that, that it seems that those that are laziest are the quickest to criticise others in terms of how they approach their work. It's very curious. It seems to, that seems to be something that repeats itself over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I think because uh, people are fairly typical a lot of the time. Mm. I, um, I was... You may, but So there was mental health awareness, and I, I guess I didn't know about it until very mm. late because I wasn't paying enough attention and also I'm, I find the whole awareness the use of the word awareness mm. for everything tires me out a little bit mm. but I, I think that we're always talking about you mm. and I couldn't be more aware of mental health I'm stuff. very aware of it but I have um, to remind myself twice a day because I take pills for it so. yeah 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 so um, uh, no one's uh, letting me take any pills for anything yet but I'm, they I'm hoping they haven't invited, invented a pill that that helps that could cure really you. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you. But it was also um, uh, National Poetry Day or something or mm. International Poetry Day. Oh yeah, last week because if you listen to Radio Four, it's like it was National Andrew Marr talks about poetry all day, day. Oh, week, day, day. Just Andrew Marr on everything, talking about poetry and doing all the smutty ones himself. <laughs> um. 
Patrick Stewart made me really happy on the podcast I listened to. Billy Bragg kind of disappointed me in the week. Did he? What did um, he do? D- because there's that, uh, and I can't remember the name of it. I think, uh, yes, Here Be The Verse. Or, and I can't remember who it's by, but it's a great poem. It's the one, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. Oh, yeah. They yeah. didn't mean to, but they do. Yeah. And And then it goes on, there's a few verses, and then it goes on to say, like... It's it's stuff that they're handing on that they got handed, and it's very yeah. realistic. And I think it's very yeah. forgiving of mm-hmm. character traits, and yeah. says we're like this because mm. of where we're f- from. Mm. Um, and personally, I think acknowledging that and being aware of it is is one of the best ways to moving on from it. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Billy Bragg, or at least the present day version of Billy Bragg, finds that a bit depressing. And so he's rewritten it for uh, his own use, and it's incredibly twee, okay, and annoying. I've not, I haven't got it, and I'm not gonna. Um, I, and I kind of knew that he had this sort of slightly revisionist approach but to the he, world. He's changed, isn't he? You used to want to throw bombs at the um, last night at the proms, but now you'll find him in the bathroom with the baby. Well, I do remember that. I think maybe the first time I saw him live. Mm. He um, was doing New England, and he said he hadn't done it for mm-hmm. years. And he does a little talk before it, and he said, I, ha- I hadn't done it for years. I didn't really like, once I got married, and, and, mm-hmm. and I, didn't, um, I didn't really feel that way anymore. It's yeah. kind of about a, a different person, mm. and um, I can't remember if it was... And Kirsty McCall did it better. Yeah, there was that <laughs> as well. Um, and I can't remember if it was after Kirsty McCall died, and he kind of wanted to, as a tribute to her, wanted sure. to sort of bring it back. Yeah. But he's changed some of the lyrics, and it's actually quite cute because that's a song you know, and it's his song. Well, there's at least like, one lyric has to change every year. Uh, Isn't it? I was 21 years when I wrote this song. Yeah. I'm 22 now, but I won't be for long. I can't remember if he changed it. I, I mean, maybe he changes that, but he's sort of. Um, it, it's one of the ones that's about not really being into the relationship you're in or something sure. like that and he's changed that and I'm like well that's it's kind of cute because he prefaced it with a story and um, it's his song mm. so and it's a very personal song so it's natural that he wants to change oh, that you. but then making a fucking nursery rhyme of this be the verse or here be the verse or whatever it's called that's mm. the official title this be the verse here be the verse or whatever it's called mm-hmm. that's bollocks I'd like, I'd like to hear it before I um before I pass judgment. I wish I could help you with that, mm. but unfortunately, I've had the song uh, Kiss from a Rose stuck in my <laughs> head for about a week. Oh, dear. It's, what have um, you been watching? I, what was I watching that had that all over it? Well, it's in Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. It's on that soundtrack. That's a great soundtrack. That film gets dissed a lot, but it's got mm. the, the first time I ever heard the Flaming Lips was because of that song there's a song called um, uh, Bad Days on there which is just amazing Mm -hmm. and um, it's playing when uh, uh, Edward's Enigma realises that like finally goes off the rails he has his Arthur Arthur moment I don't (laughs) I don't I don't mind Batman forever I don't mind it at all no and you can sort of see it's one of those things where it's a bit too kitsch but it's you can totally see how that was a perfectly all right transition from Tim Burton, mm-hmm. and you can also see mm. how it was going to end up being Batman and Robin mm-hmm. next. Um, and funnily enough, the reason I've got that song stuck in my head is there's an episode of I've I was listening to the podcast The Study Group, which is um, a, a podcast with a comic writer uh, called Kieran Gillen and. Um, uh, Anne Scantlebury, who's from the One Life Left podcast and loads of other things, mm-hmm. and, and Chrissy Williams and um, Matt, somebody whose name escapes me, they're, uh, they, they're basically doing episode. It's an episode guide of the second series of Community. Okay. It's drawing to a close, and Community was right there on my Netflix mm-hmm. screen. It was, it was yeah. suggesting it because of something completely unrelated I'd watched. They were saying, oh, you watched um, this documentary about the Holocaust. Bow Maybe on the you'd go. Like, hmm? yeah. Bow yeah. on the go. What's Bo on the go? It's on Netflix. It keeps trying to get me to watch BoJack Horseman and Bo Burnham. Nice. So, which is probably because I watched The Dukes of Hazard. I never watched The Dukes of Hazard. One of the you're characters are called Bo. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to watch it now. No, because of the. Well, I think the they, they, they're going back yeah. because they were going to release it on Blu-ray anyway. Yeah. So they're going back and they're CGIing and out, pumping it out, are they? Yeah. Um, out the uh, Confederate flag, mm. which is on the the top of the the car, the General Lee. 
they're that just, they apparently drive. They're putting a swastika in its place. Yeah, because that's less offensive. Yeah. Um, but but there's an episode of Community where Jeff Winger, who is the very cool lawyer, ends up being blackmailed by the dean, who is a very unusual dean sexual character, um, who loves him, uh, to do uh, karaoke. Mm. And they end up doing – there's a huge number in the middle of the – like towards the end of the episode, yes. actually, mm-hmm. of them doing Kiss from a Rose. I'm not sure if it's season That's two. It. Basically, in the last two weeks – I've ended up chaining season two and season Mm. three and gone straight into season four, um, which I wrote a bit about on Facebook, actually. I don't think it's... It's not the same, but I don't think it's bad. It's just Mm. not as good. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, but obviously people had their reasons. And it's been stuck in my head ever since. All right. Was three the one that he wasn't on or four was the one that Harmon was sacked for? Yeah, right, okay, Four. And um, and actually, season three ends on quite a nice montage that it would have been mm. okay if it had left everyone there. Um, I actually uh, – so that's why it's been stuck in my head. Mm. And I actually think um, that there's a very definite change in voice. There's a very clear the difference between someone who's doing it because they're obsessive and mm. can't help it. Um, and it being their very personal thing to some people who are doing it because it's their job. And they do a way better, the guys who took over, I can't remember their names, they do a way better job of it Mm. than you would necessarily expect some people who are brought Mm -hmm. in to caretaker somebody else's vision. Okay, Um, And a lot of the problems with season four were ones, and I don't know if it was the studio forcing Dan Harmon to do it or if it was just how it happened, because it happens with a lot of other shows. Um, what happens in season four is every episode is a gimmick episode. Mm. Every episode has a different thing going on. You can see that every character has to have the well, not every every episode has to have a big character moment or something you've never seen mm-hmm. before. And weirdly, that becomes the formula. And that was starting to happen with season three anyway. And it happens with nearly every slightly offbeat show. Yeah, like. That's why the first season of Red Dwarf, and I've talked at length about this on other podcasts, but the first season of Red Dwarf is so weird and the first, and it's kind of earthy and it feels really yeah. risky and chaotic. Yeah. And as good a character as Crichton is, once he is introduced as a regular character, it, it just becomes a complete formula. Every, mm-hmm. every week is... Uh, insert pop culture reference here insert a joke that completely doesn't fit the time here Crichton solves everything uh, Rimmer has a directive that he's just made up out of his I arse I think that's a consequence of longevity isn't yeah, it yeah, definitely. There's, there's only a certain amount of original ideas you can throw at a sitcom and then I think I think this is especially the case in American sitcoms you have to follow certain formulas because mm-hmm. you're producing 22 um, shows a week you've got a, you know, a week to write them but um, obviously you have to fall into those, otherwise you just can't physically produce them, can you? Absolutely. And mm. if it isn't your passion project, yeah. that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and also, and I think this is the other thing that happens, shows the first season you make of something, you are entirely you, – you want you want it to find an audience, but you really don't know what that audience is going to look like or what they're going to like. So you are going on instinct and it's much rawer, yeah. rawer and, un, and, mm-hmm. un, and it'll end up being unusual – um, and the second you actually have a following that you're aware of, then you kind of want to please them and you yeah. start doing things for the fans. Yeah. Um, uh, everything's linking together for me this week because another show that came back this week was uh, The Leftovers, um, which had an amazing first season last year. Is this the rapture thing? Kind of. It's never explained what it is. Okay. And um, And the cool thing about this is that although people will argue I, I loved Lost and I loved it all the way through and I think the biggest fault they had with that show was they knew what they wanted to do they knew they wanted to tell a story about different characters interacting and stick them in this situation mm. but then tell you a story about um, people and how they end up who they are and where they are and once they realised that people were interested in the mysterious elements they had and they had this massive following because the, the first season did so well, mm-hmm. um, that started being what it was about. Now, Damon Lindelof, who did that, is also showrunner on The Leftovers. 
and he's made it's the everything about the story and it's even in the theme tune now although it didn't have a theme tune it didn't have the theme song last time and now it does which is a bit weird even the theme song says and the show made it very clear from the beginning look this is a thing that happened that something like 10 percent of 10 percent of people disappeared overnight or it might even have been one percent it was a lot mm-hmm. of people mm. um uh, across the planet just disappeared mm-hmm. like people were at the sink turned around and their whole family was gone one person mm. lost their whole family in, in the story and it just looks at a bunch of these characters in the town and how they're dealing with it how some of them are suffering from uh ptsd yeah. kind of probably because of it some of them have survivor guilt no one knows whether the people died whether they're going to come back but the show makes it clear and it's it's really it's really clever how it does it and i'm not sure how it does it but i think it's just by sticking to character and story the the show um makes it clear this is going to be an exploration of how people deal with this thing yeah um of uh, of how we think people would deal with this thing that happened not about the thing that happened. Yeah. And so there's there aren't any characters trying to find out what the mystery was. There are weird, slightly weird, mysterious elements to it, um, obviously because the nature of it is it's set in a world where this thing happened. But um, it, it's clear that it isn't about the mysteries. It's mm-hmm. about how people deal with the world after an event like that. I've yeah. heard it. Re- re- I've heard it referred to as the the post post September 11th narrative, and I think that's a bit of a stretch. But it's that sort of a thing. Sure. Like, how does a whole planet? How does a whole population deal with something that just mm-hmm. has no explanation? Yeah. And the second season starts where you don't. Is a little bit of tiny little bit of a spoiler for it. You don't see any of the characters from the previous season until well into, like, halfway through the first episode. You're literally introduced to a whole bunch of new people, which is an incredibly brave way to start a new series. And and it's very much a way that says it trusts the audience. It says, well, you you were with us for the first season, Mm -hmm. even though... We didn't. We weren't throwing you bones left, right, and centre. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen with this character? What's going to happen with that character? So we trust that mm-hmm. we can uh, deliver the, this amazing drama to you, yeah. and you'll just take it at face value and you'll just deal with it. Mm-hmm. You'll just watch it. And I just think it's amazing because I'm a huge fan of Damon Lindelof, and he mm-hmm. comes in for loads of stick. But um, so far, they aren't falling for the. Well, we have a little bit of success. Let's try and wow people. There's lots of that in season four of Community. Lots of wouldn't it be cool if rather than rather than letting those moments come out of Mm -hmm. what's happening with the characters anyway. So, but yeah, there's loads of in the third season. There are a whole bunch of episodes where Chang goes (laughs) full on dictator and takes over the whole Mm -hmm. college. That isn't anything. That isn't recognisable from the first two seasons at all. So it was always going that way. Yeah, his character has quite a journey. Yes, doesn't he? Yeah. They basically decide to do something completely mm. different with him each season. Yeah. Last night, uh, while I was already feeling a bit depressed, because Amy's away. Oh. So I didn't... Uh, there was lots of masturbating last night. I forgot mm-hmm. to eat until very late. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tuned into Twitter, mm-hmm. and this will mean nothing to people who don't follow Harmontown, which is another mm-hmm. podcast... But um, basically, and I'm still half convinced it might just be an elaborate and weird bit. Okay. But Dan Harmon um, and his uh, fiance of the last few years, Erin mm. McGaffey, got married last year, and over the over the last couple of days, they both announced that they're divorcing each other, and it's and it's oh, it was weird. I don't know if I'm always a little bit emotionally raw when Amy isn't around yeah. and I'm left to my own devices anyway. And as people across Reddit seem to be desperate to say, mm-hmm. it was always kind of a weird, like, fragile relationship anyway yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're both very specific characters. Dan mm-hmm. is definitely... Dan Harmon is definitely a work in progress and not one that's making loads of progress down through time. Um, and, um, and Aaron McGaffey has her own stuff going mm-hmm. on but clearly is a, just a little bit more decisive and together I think maybe I don't know really you can't judge but um, she gives that impression though. yeah but it was 
it was very weird because it was one of those things where it's one of those things you hear it and it almost seems inevitable but at the same mm. time for me um and i was following the podcast from from when erin sort of started being on it so there was a moment where she was kind of insinuating herself into it and it was a little bit exhausting but then i got to she's just really funny and really mm. sweet and, and nice and clever um and whenever I see a – I don't care about celebrity couples normally, but whenever I see a couple of weirdos <laughs> who have difficult – a difficult time with the world maybe mm -hmm. and then have sometimes a difficult, fractious time with each other mm -hmm. and they are in a relationship – uh, where sometimes there are arguments, but you can tell they kind of love each other. Mm -hmm. For some reason, and I'm not sure why, I really want those relationships to work out. Oh, for sure. Uh, the reason, there's a subtext there. The reason is that Amy and I argue quite a lot. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think because I'm quite a fractious person uh -huh. and she's quite a, uh, can be a moody person. And so... I think unlike... unlike speculating about the relationship of two people that I know from listening to the occasional podcast and watching the film. Mm. It's ridiculous. Um, I, but um, alcohol plays less a part in your life than it does. No, dad, I think... And that can make... Things difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Um, there was definitely... Uh, I mean, I, for people who haven't listened to the podcast, I don't know, it's just that was... It was peculiar because last mm. night I was... It was literally about to go to bed... And I saw that and I was like, is this a joke? Because there were a couple of tweets that were kind of were quite funny yeah. from both of them. And then I ended up doing into it and reading a whole thread on Reddit and, and got unhealthily obsessed with it for and and with the role those two as a couple and Harmontown as a podcast, which I mm -hmm. love. And the way people who listen to Harmontown react to Harmontown. There's mm -hmm. this weird um, – Dan Harmon is a very prickly – character and can be taken out of context an awful lot mm -hmm. rightly or wrongly um but overall the show the shows always have and he kind of wants to be a better person mm. he um thinks that people can be better than they are and is generally so open-minded about yeah. people and has such a huge um heart that comes through in the in the show hmm. and that's why i'm drawn to it that ultimately even though he says dumb insensitive things at sometimes he it normally he's he's harder on he's hardest on himself oh god always, yeah, which i can definitely he's intensely self-aware yeah and um and also he kind of like what loves people really yeah. even though yeah. it comes out as this weird nihilistic mm -hmm. um, anti-social trait he kind of i think he finds people difficult because he thinks they should we, you know we, we can be better and interestingly i get the impression from a lot of the responses sometimes whenever something like this happens that most of a lot of the people who listen to it just just like it when he says rude things that they think you're not supposed to say or when it looks like he's going to go off the rails or oh ha ha dan got really drunk last night let's see how self-destructive it gets which is really weird and i'm sure it's a small minority but it always upsets me yeah no i don't I don't really enjoy that at all. And my first couple of attempts at dialing into Harmontown, I think I listened to shows where alcohol was pulling them off the rails, mm -hmm. and I found it awful because I, you know, I, I, my empathy sensors go off, and I feel really awful for him. Mm -hmm. But um, once I got it, I really got it, and I love it now. I really enjoyed. Was it last week? The week before, I was talking to Felicia Day. That was a really, really mm. interesting show. Yeah, she's an and he was he was pretty well. subdued in that and let her take centre stage for the vast majority of the show as well, which is and oh no, that was uh, Will Wheaton was this week, wasn't it? I've yeah, I think there's um I there's were they all the Mirror Wedding as well? Every podcast I listened to was uh, I listened to at the moment was recorded uh, around Matt Mirror's wedding this weekend. I don't know, maybe. I don't think I'm going to be able to listen to this week's Harmontown, which is weird. There are like three episodes of podcasts that I don't think mm. I'm ever going to be able to listen to okay. again. Two of them are ours. 
number was it number eight or I, like, I can't remember yeah. but like two of them are, are our episodes which is the other one I don't really want to listen to the last mom cast again oh okay um, it just, just cause it makes you feel sad well yeah yeah well no I mean I don't know it just makes you feel weird well I mean I don't know I haven't really listened to it alright sure it's a good show um, and yeah there's one of ours earlier on that I don't like to listen to and I don't know if I'm going to be able to listen to the episode of Harmontown where, where Dan Harmon announces it just because I don't I don't know I already know too much about what goes on in the mm. episode and it's just a bit weird last week's was guest controlled by uh, Rob Schraub who is just I don't know if you've listened to any of his episodes he's he's one of Dan Harmon's oldest friends he's I think the guy who made Scud the Disposable Assassin mm-hmm. and he's just ridiculous and so funny I love him so much and um, and yeah, so maybe I'll skip from a Schwab episode straight to whatever happens next week, wh- oh. whatever shape that might take. I feel like ghoul now because I want to go and listen to it. Oh, it's no, that's not healthy. I don't know. I, we talked a lot about other podcasts. I want to ask you something about I like sandwiches. Po- I like podcasts, and I want to talk a little bit about pooing. Okay. Okay, I'm going to step away just a second because I want to get my sandwiches. So if you start talking about okay. pooing, hang on. Okay, we're really uh, changing up our format. We're being less, uh, more carefree, less careful. I like it. Why are you showing me your belly? Not, uh, not deliberately. I'm just, I've just realised I'm tangled up. My earphones that I'm attached to with my phone are attached to the earphones of the thing. And if I'd gone away with it, everything would have flown off and the control desk and everything. One of the things, Nick, often you criticise me about, rightly, is how instantly distracted I get and I start pointing out other things in a room. And I I was thinking, oh, well, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. But then I was watching um, the Danny Baker show. I like to watch the... um, live stream on the computer mm-hmm. and there was a bloke doing like uh, computer techie work right next to him and he didn't he didn't miss a beat he's a professional isn't he danny baker yeah oh danny baker have you been watching cradle to grave the um it's very good the sitcom based on his autobiography i haven't it's really really good i think probably the the best BBC sitcom I've seen for a long time. Anyway, pooing. You may be aware of the viral video that's doing the rounds of the uh, unicorn that's pooing out into oh, ice yeah, cream. It's and, it, and it's basically it's uh, an advert for a product that um, pulls your knees up so you're in a more of a crouching position. The, um, the idea being the uh, crouching position is the natural position for you and you're less pinched up. Everything comes out a little more naturally. So I was thinking about that. And um, Scarlett has a uh, step that we use in the kitchen, so a bathroom, beg your pardon. We also use it in the kitchen so she can brush her teeth and see the mirror and so forth. So for the last uh, four or five days, I've been putting my feet up on the step. Mm-hmm. And when I poo-poo, I've been doing it in a cra- more crouched position. I have to say, it's revolutionised my life. So those are your findings. It, it really works. It, it's, um, you, you feel like everything's really gone. And it all happens very easily. And How high does this step have no, to be? Well, it's just enough to take you into it. I can't remember the name of the product, but it doesn't. It, my feet are higher than they would be if I were using the product. But from my uh, one-man test, uh, I have to say the results have been very positive. I feel like I'm pooing uh, more efficiently. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm doing it more quickly. Uh, and there's certainly no uh, discomfort. I know in the past I have suffered from piles, and I feel like there's no straining, no pushing. I have a lot of poo issues. All you need is the initial, you know, the initial push to get it going, and then it all just, all just happens without any effort. I could have really done with that yesterday. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what I was thinking that's why I wanted to bring it up. You, I know you have poo issues, so I recommend it because mm. I saw the video. Yeah. Um, great, and, great viral act. By yeah, the way. and um, I, I found the unicorn thing just up, up unsettling, to be honest. But I like the, I like the. It sounds like mm. the science is, is sound. It seems sound, and it sounds like you don't need to buy the special product. Yeah, I, th- I definitely any any um, you could maybe uh, nail a few uh, planks of wood together. I don't have um, any planks of wood. 
do have nails and a hammer. So I, maybe I tell I you could... what, a long box would be perfect. Oh. Or a short box. We've not got yeah, we've not got a lot of room in our um, in our bathroom. Mm. Would propping my foot up on the bath, which is right next to it, and maybe. N- Putting my knee, resting my knee against the ra- the radiator. That, no, that doesn't that doesn't sound like it would work, does it? Because you're you're trying to. It sounds like you're contorting your body to a very unnatural. Yeah. But do you know what I was thinking, right? For all these years, people going on about oh the dirty French, they just poo in a, or the dirty Chinese, their toilets, they just pits in the, in the floor. It's like yeah, they're doing it right. We're the ones who are doing the wrong poo. Us all high and mighty criticising our foreigners' poo. The English have been pooing wrong ever since Crapper first invented the toilet. Um, Although it's a flushable toilet, we're probably doing it wrong long before then. I'm going to take this on board and I'm going to try and do poo better. I'm going to try and do poo better. Do poo better. They can have that slogan. Um, But given that all men are definitely going to get colon... um, uh, no, what's it called? The one up your ass. We're definitely going to get colon cancer at some no, point. No, 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 not the one up. The, the one up your ass. The, the um, prostate. Prostate. We're all definitely going to get prostate cancer. The only thing that stops you getting prostate cancer is dying before it develops. Yes, I think you told me that last mm. week, and I was depressed. Yeah. Or maybe Jane told me that last no, week. No, I told Have you. Have you two been talking about it? No, I told you. I, I've I just want thinking about it a lot. I just want to show you my sandwiches because hey, fucking grody, mate. Someone at work told me uh, this was ridiculous, but basically, I've been taking my normal sandwiches. You can hear that, listener. Yeah. And I normally, normally, you take, you yeah. make your single sandwiches. They're just cheese and ham and pickle. It's fine. Um, and you normally cut them in half. Yeah. But I was finding out them too quickly. Yeah. So I've cut them in fours. Yeah, like a baby. And I have to tell you, I'm eating them way slower. Uh, um, I'm. I. I wanted to do five minutes on that, but I can't. Yeah. Because uh, we were going to forget a couple of really important things. First, most important thing. Uh, uh, thank you to James's wife Nicola, who wrote an absolutely amazing thing on fa- Facebook the other day. Yeah, she used that word too many times, but it was lovely and it was heartfelt. You're criticizing the word she used. <laughs> You're criticizing her writing. Yeah, okay, that, that's what it was. It was the, the most beautiful, tear-jerking, lovely thing I've ever seen her write. And my immediate thought was, I wouldn't have written it like that. Yeah, that's what that's what's wrong with me. Yeah, um, I ruined my banana. My banana got ruined, so I might have to get some fruit mm. on the way back to my desk. So thank you to Nicola. Um, the, the banana thing has nothing to do with the Nicola thing. It's just I'm looking at my notes. Oh, okay. Uh, we also got. I won't say the listener's name. We won't talk about the letter, but we d- we did get a letter, an email. We got mm. an amazing email from a listener. And what's been interesting about that made me and Nicola cry. Yeah. Yeah, um, you really need to man up. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be crying or admitting it. All right, what sort sorry. of man are you? Nicola cried and I chided her for it. <laughs> so, um, so that was an, an amazing email. Actually, what's been quite interesting, uh, which I will reply to. Yes, yes, you should. You said you were going to. Yeah, I know, but what I like to do, right, is I like to say I'm going to do something and then not do it and then worry about not doing it and then get into this sort of horrible little hateful loop where um, I I get to the point where I can't sleep and then I'll do it and wonder why I didn't do it earlier. It's textbook. Yeah. I think. Um, But the response to uh, Nicola's Facebook Mm. status uh, and also the email is it's interesting because Mm. all of the uh, feedback about the podcast we've been getting recently is from people I didn't know. So, no, and and it's very. um, I don't realize. I thought we knew the names of every single person. So did I. Um, and, And Nikki kind of it was weird it going on Facebook. I mean, really, I'm very happy to talk about my depression where I've been back at. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't sound quite right. I'm really happy about my depression. Um, but I've, been, I've chosen to own it. So I've gone back to work and people have said, you're right now. And I, I'm happy to tell them what's wrong with me and why I've been off. I don't, you know, fuck it. It happened to me. If I had cancer, I wouldn't be scared of telling them I had cancer. Or, you know, if I had something else that's a common ailment. Uh, cold. Cold. Migraines. Yeah. People tell you about migraines all the but, fucking time. But what what's really weird is... Um, the people who follow Facebook are people from, I want to say my past, they're also, many. some of them are part of my present, some of them are people who are part of my past I admire very greatly. Um, and I, but anyway, it's it's opened up my illness to a group of people that I wasn't talking to previously, which is odd. 
something a bit weird to get my head around. So what I'm getting from that is that you haven't been promoting this podcast to people. Not on Facebook. Well, no, but there's people... There's like, but there's lots of old school friends that I don't do Facebook because there are people from school I'd rather not talk to if I can help it because um, I hated school and they were wankers. But there's some lovely people that we also used to go to school to that now... Nikki sort of you know it's communicating that too and it feels weird to me as you talk about them you get slightly more Ray Winston it's weird really lovely sorry there's some lovely people yeah they're all right aren't they they're nice geezers yeah some of them some of them were horrible C words god I really I really wanted to say it then there were some horrible C words at my school um but yeah so that's been that's been very lots of words I can never think of uh, humbling is a stupid word. Have you tried lardy dardy da? It's been very lardy dardy da, but in a nice way, yeah. in a Mary Poppins way, yeah, not, in a, not in an horrible way. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that we. What I'm thinking though, James, mm. is that now that we realise there are more people listening, and mm. your wife uh, being so open, when um, she hasn't really had the opportunity to be. To be fair, sure. you've been quite open with lots of people, yeah. but she hasn't really, so no. hasn't been able to. So that's that's really good. But what this means is there might be a sudden influx of people, and there mm. was the whole podcast award nominations thing. So maybe we need to sort out the Patreon, which yeah, we, should we should talk should about do. in the week. Yeah, we should sort out a Patreon. Uh, listener, you can listen to all of our previous episodes mm. at twogrownmen.net. That's the number two grownmen.net you can also find us on iTunes please do rate and review us in your podcatcher of choice uh, iTunes or any of them mm. but iTunes is the one that has the most exciting stuff Sh- going on should we ask listener that if they were to contribute to a Patreon what they would like from us maybe to give us ideas maybe or have you got something in mind I haven't got anything in mind but yes maybe we, we they should do that um, you, they can do that by emailing us at 2gmpodcast at gmail.com yeah. or by talking to us on Facebook uh, there's a page to the 2 mm. Men page uh, 2gm pod on twitter or i'm nick site on twitter james is james momb m-o-b m-o-m-b we have been two grown men good night bye <laughs> <laughs>